0: I went to buy a new TV and they tried to sell me HDR. Is that another HD? Aren't there enough? And how's this fit in with 4K? Is is this just another name for the same thing? Are you confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about HDR TV. HDR stands for High Dynamic Range, and it's a selling point for TVs. There can be some confusion about this because the same term is also used for things besides video. On this episode, we're talking about how HDR pertains to video, specifically your TV or movie watching. But there's also HDR for still photography and other imaging, and it works differently. You'll most likely run across that in regards to your phone's camera. And there's even an HDR term that applies to audio sometimes. We may talk about those HDRs on another day, but today is not that day. We're talking about HDR for television, But let's start with the root of the term for all these meanings, dynamic range. You probably think of it as contrast, and rightly so. Still, it's one of those phrases you hear and you think you know what it means, but if you were pressed, you may or may not be able to come up with a good definition. Put simply, dynamic range is the ratio between the highest and lowest values. Hence, you hear people say contrast ratio. For you sports fans, you can think of it this way. Hockey teams usually score fewer than 10 goals, so their dynamic range is 0 to 10. Uh, or for WoW players, uh, the cooldown on your character spells is 3 seconds at the fastest, 8 at the slowest. So your character's spell cooldown dynamic range is 3 to 9. Of course, that's not how dynamic range is used, nor is it how it gets expressed. It's usually expressed as a ratio or logarithm, and it applies to signals. But for our purposes, you just need to understand that it's a range in which values can fluctuate. A higher contrast ratio means you can have brighter brights and darker darks. High dynamic range means the range gets, well, higher than usual. And we could kind of stop right there, really. HDR, at its root, means brighter brights and darker darks, but it has other implications. You you probably know that HDR promises better color, too, so let's dig a little deeper. Whether your display or your TV can show brighter brights and darker darks depends on two main things. First, does the signal tell it to do that? And second, is the device capable of doing it if told to? So to have HDR, you have to have a signal sent to your display that has HDR data in it. That well, seems obvious. That signal, however, doesn't affect the display's capabilities, which is why you have to have a monitor or a TV that is capable of HDR so it can actually display those brighter brights and darker darks. And there are different ways of encoding HDR in the signal. So your display has to be capable of interpreting the format of the HDR signal, too. An HDR10 display, for instance, may not also be capable of displaying Dolby Vision HDR, but it might. We'll get into all those formats a bit later. Let's start with how it works, no matter what the format. HDR is a way of encoding the video signal to include more information. The standard dynamic range signal, as it's now called, before it was just called how you do it, had limitations imposed by the capabilities of the technology that existed when it was created. Why would you have data for higher or darker brightness or more colors if there's no device even on the horizon that could use it? But of course, eventually devices improved, new ways of defining the signal to take advantage of these new capabilities were needed, and around 2014, HDR for video came about. Before that, you generally tried to improve video by increasing pixels, so you had higher resolution, or improving frame rate, so it was smoother. Those do improve perceived quality. But HDR doesn't add things or speed them up. HDR improves the pixel's perceived fidelity through brightness. And because of that brightness, also through perceived color. Since it all depends on brightness, nay, contrast ratio, let's start there. People measure brightness in nits, N-I-T, nit. You've probably seen this when you shop. It comes up a lot in displays, on phones. One nit is one standard candle of luminance per square meter. Now, standard video usually has a brightness of 100 nits. HDR can encode this up to 1,000 nits, and sometimes up to 10,000, although there's not a lot of devices, if any, that can take advantage of that yet. And it's not just the brightest bright, it also applies to the dark level, too. Remember, we said the old standard defined things based on old capabilities, right? In a standard display, everything below a certain brightness was the same shade of black no matter how you encoded the data, because when the standard was created, no display was capable of showing anything blacker. Displays always had a little glow. Well, how displays can show very dark areas, thanks to things like local dimming, has changed. And since HDR has a wider range of brightness, that means the darks can look darker too. Not just darker, but because of the control a video maker has to show more details in the darkness, things like flames... Can show a gap in the flame instead of just showing a big reddish white splotch. You get more detail even though you don't have more resolution. Now, we've been talking all about brightness, aka luminance, and contrast ratio, but one of the big selling points of HDR is color, particularly color accuracy. How closely the color looks to how you think it should look as the director of the video or how it looks in real life, maybe you're doing a documentary. HDR Doesn't actually address color directly. Technically, the dynamic range only addresses brightness, but the way our brains work, a greater range of light makes us think we see a greater range of color. So an HDR video can use a wider color gamut. Now, don't get hung up on the word gamut, that just means the number of distinguishable colors that can be represented. That won't necessarily mean a wider range of colors but it can mean more variations within. Uh, Think of it this way. A really small gamut, this is not a real thing, but a really small gamut might be blue, red, purple, green, right? A wider one would be sky blue, sea blue, brick red, apple red, purple, violet, green. Now, there's some other confusion here. You can have a wide color gamut on a standard dynamic range TV, but because the brightness isn't there from HDR, you won't be able to tell. You won't find many examples of that. Usually, if a display bothers to have a wide color gamut, it doesn't want to waste it by not supporting at least one type of HDR. Also, though, a TV can have HDR capability because it handles the brightness, but not have the color gamut, meaning the HDR won't look as if it does as much as it would on another TV. You might get brighter brights and darker darks, but not the eye-popping color. So a good HDR TV is has HDR's higher contrast ratio, and can support its wide color gamut. When you can make the pixels brighter, and therefore viewers can distinguish more colors, you can make the same video at the same resolution and frame rate look better and more detailed. You can increase brightness in a smaller area, say, so you can show reflection on a shiny object. Shadows can be darker, and all the control over light and dark and the extra color variation you can employ means you can have better depth, even in 2D images. Time for another important point. HDR is often linked to 4K TVs and higher, but technically, HDR can be used on good old fashioned 1080p and lower TVs. It's just that when you have fewer pixels to control, well, pixel control doesn't have the same effect. 4K is the first resolution with enough pixels for people to think, man, this really helps HDR pop. Now, as we've been saying, this is what goes into the HDR signal. The pudding, in which the proof is, is the display. HDR was made a little future proof, which is good, but it also means no display can show the maximum nits. We talked about 10,000 nits, right? Most displays can only show 1,000, maybe 4,000 nits. They can't show all the colors that HDR could enable either. Good news, this is room to grow with the current signals. Other news, people have different ideas on how to implement HDR for current displays. So we have a format war. Yay. Let's run over a few of the formats and their highlights and weak points before we wrap up. HDR 10 is an open standard supported by the Consumer Technology Association, the CTA. You know, the folks who put on CES every year. It's capable of up to 10,000 nits, but usually mastered somewhere between 1,000 and 4,000. HDR 10 uses what's called static metadata. That tells the display how to adjust if it has lower peak brightness than what the master was made for. But that metadata is locked for the entire video. It doesn't adapt from scene to scene, and it doesn't adapt for the display. It just says, here's what to do. Now we don't care what kind of display you are. The metadata, in other words, is not dynamic. The display's software looks at the signal and the metadata and then chooses how to adapt, which may not end up looking how the author intended Because it's an open standard, though, this is available on pretty much every HDR-capable TV and video format, alongside one or more of the following. HDR10 Plus is not a new version from the CTA. It's HDR10 with dynamic metadata developed by Samsung. Here, dynamic metadata means it can be changed scene to scene so the TV isn't bothering being ready to show brightness that isn't needed until later in the video. This reflects what the video maker intended and doesn't leave all the decisions to the display software. Samsung makes this free to content creators and charges a license to display manufacturers, though it argues that its license is much more affordable than Dolby Vision. Dolby Vision is a proprietary system from Dolby Labs, also has dynamic metadata, which doesn't just adapt scene to scene like HDR10+, but can also adapt to the capabilities of the display it runs on. It has luminance capability up to 10,000 nits and usually mastered up to 4,000 nits, but Dolby Vision also allows up to 12 bits of color instead of the usual 10, so it has more color depth. Everybody who wants to use it has to pay Dolby. There's also HLG. HLG 10 is one that can be used for video or still images, giving implementers some flexibility. It doesn't use metadata, though. However, it's backwards compatible with some 4K and 8K standard dynamic range displays, which the others aren't. And it's royalty free. It was developed by the BBC and NHK for broadcasters and is used by several streaming services, too. There's a similar format out there called PQ 10 as well. Is one of these better than the other? <laughs> I'm so not glad you asked. Uh, generally speaking, the ones with dynamic metadata, Dolby Vision and HDR10+, are generally considered to be better because they are truer to the intent of video creators with the dynamic metadata and all. And there's a nice, healthy discussion going on out there about which one is actually the best. I'm not going to choose the side right this moment. You can go join in the conversation on your own. So there you have it, HDR. Now, when you head in to buy that new TV, you'll have a little better idea what it means, which one the TV has, and what it's going to mean to your viewing pleasure. In other words, I hope you know a little more about HDR TV. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.